For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation. Welcome to another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Dennis Ackerman. Joined by former Raider great Stanford Route. Stan, how we doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Dennis, football starts tonight officially. Got the uh, the Bucks and the Cowboys. Pretty sure the Bucks are probably gonna roll them. But uh, nonetheless, like I said, college football started over the past two weeks. We got NFL season now, so I'm pretty sure for anybody listening to this podcast, it is their favorite time of the year. Absolutely, it is finally here. The NFL is back. The Raiders open up the season Monday night against the Baltimore Ravens. Stan, you played eight years in the league. You faced the Ravens three times with the Raiders. Any interesting stories to share from those matchups? Oh, any interesting stories? Uh, I would say I remember my second year in the league. We played the Ravens in week two. They beat us 28 to six, something like that. They beat us pretty handily. The Ravens were really, really good that year, 2006 season. Obviously, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, studs. They had uh, Chris McAllister corner, I believe. Samari Roll may have been the other corner. And just watching their defense always fly around. That was something that was very impressive to me. Uh, it always felt like they played with 12 guys on the field <laughs> because it just always seemed like somebody was right where they needed to be at, wherever the ball was thrown. That was 2006, I believe 2009, we played the Ravens to end the season, the season finale. I was lined up a lot on my boy Mark Clayton, came out of the same draft class as me out of Oklahoma, uh, went to Baltimore somewhere maybe early 20s, something like that. Baltimore barely beat us that game. We played pretty good. And then I think, believe 2010, we didn't play the Ravens. 2011, I don't think we played the Ravens. 2012, when I was in Kansas City, we played the Ravens. This year, they won the Super Bowl and they beat us. I believe the final score was either six to three or six to nine. Oh my gosh. Uh, there, there, was, there was no <laughs> touchdown scored in the, whole, in the whole game. I remember being lined up on Torrey Smith. I remember uh, the year before, Torrey Smith broke some record where his first three receptions, in his career were all touchdowns. And I believe they were, I think they were against the St. Louis Rams at the time, 2011. And I remember how during that game, obviously Joe Flacco's quarterback and Torrey Smith kept trying to take me deep all game long, all game long, all game long. And I pretty much just kept, I, I kept uh, just funneling him to the sideline every single time. So he's trying to beat me on a nine route. I'm cutting him off and I'm just simply just widening him out all the way to the sideline. And you know, in the NFL, you step on the, you step out of bounds as a receiver. You cannot be the first one to touch the ball. Like you're pretty much done for this play. And I remember after the game, Coach Harbaugh, I'm talking to him. He's like, he's said, Ralph, good job today. And I'm like, I'm like, y'all trying to take me deep all the all game, weren't you? He's like, yeah. He's like, you know, we're going to try you. And so, uh, so that, that was fun times. And then obviously Baltimore went on to win the Super Bowl that year when, you know, they got hot. But just, you know, anytime you play the Baltimore Ravens, you got to be ready for a physical game no matter what. They love to run the ball. They play a lot of great defense. 
They're going to have multiple coverages. They're going to have, they're going to mix up a lot. Our linebackers coach, when I was in Oakland for many years, he was our linebackers coach under Rob Ryan. We called him Wink. Everybody else knows him as Don Martindale. He's the defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens right now. And I love the fact that he's gotten his chance to now go ahead and run an entire defense. We always thought that he was going to be great at it. And with him being with the Baltimore Ravens, I think it's a perfect fit. But uh, like I said, that's one thing that I do vividly remember about the Baltimore Ravens. You better be ready to go ahead and have your chin strap buckled because it is going to be a hard-hitting affair. Well, the Raiders, they're four-and-a-half-point underdogs, and the over is 50-and-a-half. And if you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money. If you're a football better, there are tons of futures and props you can wager on as well. Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And Stan, I'm not sure if you're aware, but apparently former NBA player Lamar Odom may be returning to professional basketball over in Spain. Uh, he's apparently going to try out for Pau Gasol's team. You know, he's playing hoops, sounds like. J.R. Smith, former NBA player, he's back in hmm. college playing golf. Playing golf. Right now, <laughs> you know, Lamar's been taking his new product, Stan, he says he owes credit to. It's called Balance 7. It's a pH balancing alkaline supplement drink. It's like vitamins or supplements, but in liquid form. Just one ounce a day, three times a day, and in a week, you're going to see the effects. So, Stan, when you got older as a player, what did you do to help your body recover quicker? Uh, for the most part, it really was just getting more massages, usually whether it was on Monday after the game, Thursday in the middle part of the week, Saturday the night before the game, and maybe Sunday leading into the game if I needed it, something like that. And the cold tubs, that was that was, that was pretty big. I would do those probably about twice a week. How cold and then are those really, cold tubs? Stan, I didn't mean to interrupt, but how cold are those cold tubs? I mean, we see them on TV all the time. But how cold are they? I'll put it like this. I want you to go right now in your house, and I want you to go and when you draw your bath, when you, when you go ahead and, and, uh, and start running your bath water, do not put it on hot. Do not put it on lukewarm. Do not put it on kind of warm. Put it as cold as the water possibly can get on the nozzle. That's number one. Fill it all the way up to the top. And then you go to your local gas station. You go and you go get those two big old uh, packs of ice sure. that you get in the freezer area. And then you take two of them and then you dump them into the tub. And I don't, like I said, I'm not going to sit up here and give you some, some you know, quantitative number. <laughs> but it's cold. Exactly. It's cold. <laughs> we'll just go ahead and just leave it at that. And, 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 it takes probably about maybe 30 to 40 minutes for the ice to even kind of start to melt a little bit because it's going to be relatively the same temperature as the water. And we all know ice freezes at 32 degrees. <laughs> so if the ice is taking that long to thaw out and to even go ahead and blend in with the rest of the bath water, you can already go ahead and kind of get a little bit of a gauge on how cold it is. No doubt about that. But that was something I would do probably a couple times a week just to go ahead and get my legs back. Because, you know, we played a lot of man coverage, so we're doing a lot of running out there on the football field. And then also I would just – I would I would start trying to at least get some form of greens in me 
a salad, something like that. Once you get to about Thursday, Friday, getting ready, leading up into Sunday, things like that. But yeah, the massages, the cold tubs, dieting, things like that. You know, I played back in the stone age. So, you know, before all of this explosion of the nutrition with the personal trainers, with the nutritionists, with all of this technology that is pretty much uh, sprung forward over the last, let's say decade, something like that. There was not that much at our disposal as far as athletes, as far as knowing the upper echelon, getting that higher learning when it comes to, when it came to nutrition and taking care of your body. So for me, in a lot of ways, it was just the good old fashioned ways of cold tub, trying to eat right, at least to some degree, and then also massages. Well, right now, if you go to balance7.com and you use the promo code BLEAVE, you'll get $10 off their 32-ounce bottle. The bottle will last you 11 days, which is the perfect amount of time to feel the pH balancing drink go to work. Again, that's balance7.com and use the code BLEAVE at checkout. I did. If it worked for Lamar Odom, it can work for you as well. Well, Stan, the Ravens lead the all-time series against the Raiders 9-3, and that includes the postseason. The Ravens won the most previous matchup, 34-17 in Baltimore. And Stan, this stat was amazing to me. I looked this up. Over their last four season openers, they've won them all, the Ravens, and they've outscored their opponents, get this, 164-19. That's an average of like, 41 to 5. So you know they're going to come out of the gates. They're going to come out swinging. They're going to come out strong. I think this is going to be a huge test for the Raiders' defense, especially that front seven. Stan, I mean, last season, the Ravens led the NFL in rushing. They also had a 32nd-ranked passing attack. I know they boosted it with the addition of Sammy Watkins. Uh, tight end Mark Andrews is one of the best in the business. He also just nabbed himself a nice little fat new contract, four mm-hmm. years, uh, $56 million, I believe. Uh, however, they lost J.K. Robbins to a season-ending knee injury. Gus Edwards, he's going to get the start. He's going to get a bulk of the carries. Um, Stan, I think this is interesting. In 2019, in a playoff game, Gus Bradley was defensive coordinator for the Chargers. They used yes, seven DBs, and they beat the Ravens. So let me ask you this. This is a team that's old school. They like to establish the run to set up the pass. I'm going to put the defensive coordinator hat on you. How are you going to defense the Baltimore Ravens on Monday night. <laughs> How am I going to defend Lamar Jackson? That's the main thing. I think that what I'm going to do, we got to go ahead and we got to challenge. That's number one. I'm going to load this box and I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play press man, off man, whatever you want to call it. We're going to man up these receivers and I'm going to force Lamar Jackson to make quarterback throws over and over and over and over and over again. And if he winds up doing that, then you know what? I'm going to tip my hat to him and and shake his hand and say, great job. But I'm going to load this box. We're going to take away your right hand. We are not going to sit back and just let you go ahead and use your right hand all game long, a.k.a. the run game. We're not going to let you let the run game set up the pass game. I'm going to make you throw in the tight windows. And then even on third down, let's say it's third and eight, I want to go ahead and back my DBs off. We can play a little zone coverage. I got to have a spy. I got to have a Mike linebacker. I got to have a linebacker who's able to spy and able to go ahead and uh, and sniff out Lamar Jackson, be able to go ahead and tackle in space. But also, when you look at the better teams of why they're able to beat the Baltimore Ravens, whether it's in the playoffs or the regular season, the main thing, and this and, and it all works in unison, the D line. If you notice, you see the great teams like the New England Patriots, while they're able to go against certain teams and be able to be successful. You have to stay in your rush lanes. 
oftentimes you'll see a defensive end. He may go and he may try to come underneath to go ahead and try to sack the quarterback. But guess what? That quarterback is able to spin out of it. Now he's outside the pocket. There's nobody that's having contained. So with certain quarterbacks, especially like the Deshaun Watsons of the world, when you see the Aaron Rodgers of the world, and especially with Lamar Jackson of the world, who's like a Ferrari back there playing quarterback, you have to keep them in the pocket. You have to keep them in the phone booth. When they get outside the pocket, that's when they're deadly. And for a guy like Lamar Jackson who can who can beat you with his legs, that's even deadlier. So you want to make sure that you keep him inside the pocket, make him throw from the pocket, make him uncomfortable. Lamar Jackson is at his most uncomfortable to me whenever he's in the pocket. You put him outside the pocket, now he can beat you with his feet, he can beat you with his arm. That's what the guys like Sammy Watkins, that's where Hollywood Brown, now it's a busted play. It's a scramble drill. That's where they become more and more successful. That's when they become more and more effective. So I think that that's how I would defend the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to take away your run game. That's number one. And I'm going to force you to be one-dimensional. And I'm going to force you to have to make tight throws. You are going to have to make tight throws up and down the field all four quarters. And if you do that, I'll shake your hand after the game. I'll tell you great job. And I'll see you, you know, down the line in the playoffs or something like that. But you are not going to just walk into a Legion Stadium and just win with your right hand. Okay, so two-part follow-up there. So you're talking about the bookends got to stay in their lanes. But yes, is the best pass rush then coming up the middle so it doesn't allow him you know, any time because the pocket is collapsing on him and he's not going to be able to get outside with the push up the middle. The second thing is with this cover three standard, and I know you mentioned it's a, a lot of times it's a four, two, five. Does a four, two, five then kind of play into what you're trying to do against Lamar? It can. And that's where the bit, that's where the term big nickel comes in, where you have a nickel back, like a, let's say like a Derwin James, somebody who's big enough to go ahead and be able to help stop on the run because he's big, strong and physical, but he's also quick enough. He's agile enough to be able to go ahead and help out on the pass, line up against a slot receiver, maybe a tight end, maybe like a Mark Andrews, something like that. And I think that you have to be multiple now in today's NFL, because you got these dual threat quarterbacks like a Kyler Murray, like Lamar Jackson, a Josh Allen, you got to be multiple. It's because it's very difficult. Where gone are the days where I just have my three big meathead linebackers that all they do is they eat face masks for a living and they come down and they attack the running back or they're taking on the fullback. I got to have somebody who can come in and can be physical against the run, but also is agile enough to go ahead and cover against the pass. That's number one. Now, to your first point, as far as Lamar Jackson, quarterbacks are different as far as what they bring to the table. I remember for several years when we would line up against the then San Diego Chargers, Phillip Rivers, now retired. I think he should be a Hall of Famer. A lot of people would push back on that, but that, that dude's one of the best quarterbacks I ever played against. Phillip Rivers is a statue. He's not real mobile. You want to blitz him from up right there through uh, the middle of the pocket. You want to push him out of the pocket. You want him running because that's not what he wants to do. He doesn't want to get out there and be mobile and try to make plays with his legs. So you want to blitz him from straight up the middle. You want to flush him out of the pocket. The mobile quarterbacks, you want to, you want to blitz them from the outside in. You want to collapse the pocket. And that way it's almost kind of like a phone booth. And then all they see is just the walls closing in on them. And that's where everybody's staying in their rush lanes where they're rushing the quarterback, but they're not rushing with the reckless abandon of simply just 
I got to get there by any means necessary. They want to get there, but you want to get there technically sound. And all you do is just slowly collapse the pocket and they feel the walls closing in on them. So that is a collective effort. Whenever you're going against an Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, it's a collective effort because yeah, you can go and have your stud DN like an uh, like a Chandler Jones or like a Von Miller or pu- push him from up up the middle like an Aaron Donald, but they can find those nooks and crannies. They can find those openings, and then they can go ahead and gas you whenever they actually get outside. I'm sorry, whenever whenever they able to elude the pass rush. So everybody has to stay in their rush lane from the D tackles to the DNs. Even when you're blitzing, everybody has to stay in their rush lanes because you do not want to give him any crease of daylight because he's definitely going to find it. Well, from the Raiders' perspective on defense, it sounds like Jonathan Abram could be having a big game coming down from his safety position, now basically playing a linebacker. And then with Mark Andrews, it sounds like Corey Littleton, uh, he's going to be one of the highlighted players on defense as well. Is that correct? Am I assuming correctly? I think that you're not all the way, you're not, you're not, you're not off too far on that. Two okay. things. I think for Jonathan Abrams, he's a hitter. We all know that. Right. You cannot hit Lamar Jackson. You got to tackle Lamar Jackson. So if you're going in there trying to look for that kill shot, it's going to be very, very difficult because he's an elusive runner. We can all see that guy won the MVP award two years ago, 2019. So you cannot go in there trying to blow his head up. You can't do that. You have to get him down, period. And when you're tackling a great runner, when you're tackling a great ball player in space, oftentimes you got to simply just hit, wrap, grab cloth, all of that. But if you're looking for the Ray Lewis, the big, ooh, type of hit, you're not going to get that on these good running backs. Sure. You're not going to get that on these good quarterbacks. So you got to make sure that you tackle and not hit. Now, to your set, to your second point, I would look for maybe like a, uh, a Mo Rick, somebody like that, a safety to go ahead and line up with a Mark Andrews. Obviously, we know he's a rookie. This will be his first career game, and you don't want to put too much on him. But I need somebody who's physical enough to get in there and help out on the run, and I need somebody also who's savvy enough. I need somebody who's agile enough to go ahead and help out covering on the pass. So that's why I'm looking more for him rather than Abrams because I think Abrams is kind of stiff in the hips a little bit. He's a great hitter. We all we can all see that. Right. At times he gets a little bit undisciplined, a little bit reckless. So I would need somebody that's going to be able to be that's going to be a combination of both because Baltimore when they see you're a little bit thin in the front seven, the box is light, they're going to go heavy on the run. And then all of a sudden, you bring in somebody that, okay, they can stop the run, but you know what? Andrews can probably go ahead and get past him on this play-action fake. Then they're going to go ahead and pass the ball. So you got to have somebody who can actually be successful, somebody who's up to snuff on both. That way you don't tip your hand, and that way they don't have an obvious mismatch either way they choose to go. Dan, last question on the defense. The first uh, depth chart was released earlier. And K.J. Wright and Denzel Perriman, I mean, they both were just recently signed. I know we talked a little bit about K.J. last week, but they're already listed as starters. For a couple of guys, I know they're veterans, but how much can they really make an impact, maybe not knowing the playbook as well as some of the other guys who are able to be at OTAs and a full training camp and things like that? Well, anytime you're a veteran coming into this league, or should I say coming to a new team as a veteran, Football is very simple. We make it difficult, myself included. We make it difficult. And what I mean by that is 
Gus Bradley's not going to be running too many different coverages. He's not. KJ Wright knows that from his days in Seattle. In there's cover one, cover two, cover three, cover four, cover five, cover six. That's it. It's six different coverages. <laughs> it's six different coverages. I'll say it again, Dennis. It's six <laughs> different coverages. Now, you may go ahead. This team over here may have a different terminology than that team over there, but ultimately it's still the same coverage. They just call it something different. So from that standpoint of coming in late, not being there for the OTAs, the mini camps, much of training camp, for a veteran player, that's not really going to have as much of an impact as it would a younger guy. It's not. Now, where I think that you will see the true value in the KJ rights of the world, even the pyramids, is because of their leadership, them being that locker room presence, going ahead, getting the young guys up to snuff, actually explaining being a little bit of that conduit from Gus Bradley's voice to actually the younger guys being able to hear it, interpret it, understand it, and respect it. That's why I really think you'll see their value is him being that conduit because obviously when a coach comes in, now in this situation, it's a D coordinator, John Gruden's been there. But anytime you have a coach come in, you want to have one of your guys there as well because he can deliver your message in the locker room. So whenever it's the meeting room, Gus Bradley's up there saying that this is how he wants things done. You may have one of the younger guys who either A, doesn't understand it, B, maybe he doesn't agree with it. Well, that's where KJ Wright in the locker room, when said player is complaining about how he thinks what Coach Bradley is doing or wants to implement isn't going to work, or if he's saying he doesn't understand it, man, I don't think Coach is explaining it right because I don't really understand what he means. I don't, I don't know what he wants me to do. That's where KJ Wright can be in the locker room, which oftentimes you will look at in the NFL. The locker room is kind of like the player's territory. Sure. Coaches don't really go into the locker room much. Sacred ground, that, right? That, sacred that, ground. That's, exactly. That's the player's yeah. sacred, ground, sacred ground. It's only a few coaches, some head coaches, some assistant coaches that actually play in the league where the players respect them. It isn't many coaches that actually have free reign from the players to come into that player's locker room and the players do not get offended do not tell him to get the bleep out or something like that. So I think that uh, that's where guys like KJ Wright really, really come into play because they can deliver that message when Gus Bradley is not around. All right, Stan, before we get to the Raiders offense, got one more sponsorship to read, and it's exciting news. Our pod is partnering with PlayActionPools.com this season to bring some exciting, interactive fun to the sport we love the most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our PlayActionPools.com Football Pick'em Challenge, which is open to everyone. So here's how it works. Sign up for the contest, Believe Football Pick'em, at PlayActionPools.com, and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select 10 high-profile games of the week between NFL and college football. And sign up for the contest, Believe, B-L-E-A-V, Football Pick'em, and if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor Pick'em as well, as cool sportsbook-style concept, build your bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. All right, Stan, let's look at the Raiders' offense now. And last year, you know, the Ravens didn't have a player with more than six sacks. 
Uh, they signed Justin Houston in hopes of bolstering their D-line. As you mm-hmm. mentioned, defensive coordinator Wink Martindale, he likes to blitz a lot. Baltimore certainly has some older veterans on that D-line, including 14-year vet Calais Campbell. He's been around a long time. So, Stan, I'm wondering if the Raiders' best defense might be their offense. What I mean by that is John Gruden, he's going to try to play physical football, smash-mouth football, control the line of scrimmage, take a page out of Baltimore's playbook, establish the run to set up the pass, and then maybe try to hit some deep balls with Henry Ruggs and Darren Waller. And, you know, possibly if they can do that, keep that Ravens' offense on the sideline, fewer touches for Lamar Jackson, maybe that improves the Raiders' chances of winning. What are your thoughts on that as my – game plan going into the game yeah you definitely want to go ahead and try to make sure that you use your offense as your best defense you want to try to limit the the uh the possessions that the baltimore ravens have you want to go ahead and make things difficult i would simply say that right there is a way to go but john gruden west coast offense something that i know that is a huge staple within the west coast offense is trying to gain 10 points quickly that's what the west coast was basically built on with bill walsh all the way back in the 80s and i think that Playing from behind is not Baltimore's strong suit. That definitely isn't. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take my swings in the first quarter. I am. I'm going to try to go ahead and maybe get some double moves, try to go ahead and get Marcus Peters over there peeking because we all know he's from the Oakland area, even though the Raiders are no longer in Oakland. But Marcus Peters, as great of a corner as he is, he likes to take chances. I'm going to go ahead and try to use his aggressiveness against him. You got Marlon Humphrey on the other side. Fantastic corner. He's always been one of my favorite ever since he came out of Alabama. But just to your point, that is where Baltimore is a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> they're a little bit weak at as far as the pass rush, just like what you just alluded to. You know, obviously they got Justin Houston. They lost Judon uh, in free agency to the New England Patriots. That's where I would try to really go ahead and get my plays with a Darren Waller. I do not think that Baltimore has anybody that can cover him, at least not that I've seen yet. And then Jacobs is going to have to have a big night. He's going to have to be my bell cow. And if we can get a lead on Baltimore, then we're now putting Baltimore in a position where it's not conducive for them to be successful. You look at them playing against Tennessee in the 2019 playoffs. It was a game up there in Baltimore, not last season, when they when Baltimore beat them in Nashville, the one before Tennessee got out early. You saw Derrick Henry had a big night, and then Ryan Tannehill as well. And then also, when Lamar puts the ball in the air, the Raiders, you got to capitalize. You got to get some turnovers. And I think that right there can really swing the game and actually help him get a lead because if, if Baltimore is down, they're not set up to come from behind. They're not. So however you want to do with special teams, throwing a Darren Waller, getting some sort of turnovers, or just leaning on Josh Jacobs and churning out those 10 to 12 play drives that go about 80 yards, that right there is the key. You got to get a lead on Baltimore because then they're playing from behind. And that's when you'll start to see Lamar Jackson force the ball. You'll start to see more errant throws because now you're speeding things up for him. And now he's starting to see, okay, you know what? We got to get back in this game somehow, some way. If you're the Las Vegas Raiders, you got to get a lead. And then that's when you go ahead and really lean on that run game and you let your offense be your best defense. All right, Stan, we know Darren Waller is going to get his numbers. He's going to get his catches because there's no defense that can really stop him. They might slow him down a little bit. Josh Jacobs, let's say he has a big game. Derek Carr plays well. There's got to be one offensive, another offensive factor for the Raiders. I, I know who I'm going to pick. Who do you think that other X factor is on offense for the Raiders to beat the Ravens? 
Mm. I tell you where it's going to be a real big matchup, and I liked, it, and I can't wait to see that. I was really impressed by the practices when he was going up against uh, Jalen Ramsey, as Hunter Renfro. I think that on third down, he's going to have to be Derek Carr's best friend, along with the Darren Waller, obviously, because that pass rush is going to be coming from some degree. You see. Don Martindale, we called him Wink. He's playing against the Raiders, the team that he coached for a long time as linebacker's coach. He's going to want to have a good show, and no doubt about that. So I think that Hunter Renfro finding the sticks, getting the ball, and then getting down because, you know, those Baltimore Ravens, they love to swarm to the football, and they love to go ahead and try to uh, uh, pull the ball out. Marlon Humphrey, one of the best to do it in the league. I think that that's a good way to go and keep the chains moving. I think he's going to have to have a really good night. Don't think he, I don't think he's going to need to have 150 yards receiving, but he's going to have to make sure that he has some timely catches and some timely first down conversions. Move those chains. All right, I'm going to give you one. The Raiders took a lot of heat in the offseason for Simon. They gave him a lot of money. We did not see him in the preseason. I'm going to go back up running back Kenyon Drake. I think we're yeah. going to see him lined up at wide receiver, perhaps. He's going to be able to spell Jacobs if the Raiders want to pound the rock. Uh, I think he's a great backup, and I think Gruden is going to find a way to get him involved in the offense, whether it's on you know the running game or the passing game. But I think if there's an X factor for that Raiders offense, I think it's going to be him. And we're going to hopefully see why Raiders gave him all that money in the offseason because he can catch the ball. There's no doubt about it. He can run the ball. And I think he's going to play a huge game on Monday night uh, helping the Raiders offense uh, if they can pull off the – I'm going to say it's an upset. Today. I mean, they're four-and-a-half-point underdogs. Oh, no doubt about it. It will yeah. definitely be an upset. It will yeah. be one of the top stories come Tuesday morning uh, if they're able to go ahead and pull this off because nobody outside of Raider Nation is expecting – the Raiders even have a good showing against Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. All right, Stan, like we mentioned earlier, the season is upon us, so time to do some picks. And we're going to stay in the wild AFC West, and we'll save the Raiders and Ravens for last. Let's take a look at the L.A. Chargers and the Washington football team. And I heard today, Stan, they're going to actually they're going to select a new nickname for next season. Right now, they're still the Washington football team. Chargers one-point favorite. Who do you like in that one? Straight up winning. And uh, that's a tough one. It is. Uh, I would have to go with, I really, really like Justin Herbert. I love everything that he did last year. And coming into this season, I really think he's going to go ahead and turn the corner. I really think he's going to be one of the top quarterbacks uh, in the NFL after this season is over with. So uh, that's a tough one right there. Washington football team, they have a really, really good front seven, really, really good pass rush. Offensively, I think that they still have not quite figured it all out yet. I would go with the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Chargers as well. I, uh, I like all the stuff you mentioned about the Washington football team. However, I do not trust Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, uh, sorry, Raider Nation. We're both going with the Chargers there. And this is next one is an outstanding matchup. Could be the best matchup of week one. Cleveland at Kansas City. Chiefs, six-point favorites at Arrowhead. Who are you picking, Stan? I would have to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the, uh, the Cleveland Browns, they had a great year last year. Stefanski did a great job of stabilizing that offense. He's showing that he's going to lean on the run game much like he did in Minnesota, learning from Gary Kubiak, all the greats that have come before him with that zone blocking scheme. But I still do not know if Baker Mayfield is the real deal. Obviously, he had some up and down years prior to last season. Everything was stabilized. OBJ is going to be coming back, teaming with Jarvis Landry, with Higgins, with uh, Peoples-Jones, all those guys. They got 
I don't even know how many tight ends that, that, that out there can go ahead and play. The offensive line is going to be good. Jadavion Clowney now teaming up with Miles Garrett. You got Denzel Ward still in the back end. They picked up two Los Angeles char, uh, two Los Angeles Rams defenders. So Cleveland is stacked. It's just a matter of can Baker Mayfield go ahead and duplicate and then also elevate what he did last year. I'm not sure he can do that. But nonetheless, the Kansas City Chiefs, yes, we know they are in our division. We don't like them. I played for them for one brief moment in time, but you still have to go ahead and recognize that they are a very, very good team. They're well coached. They got a lot of good players. They can be beaten just like they were last year by Raider Nation and should have been a second time in the Legion Stadium, but I would have to go with the Kansas City Chiefs over the Cleveland Browns. All right, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to take the Chiefs as well, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a hot take. I'm not big on hot takes, but I'm going to tell you this, Dan. If somehow... Cleveland goes in and beats Kansas City in their own backyard. I'm going to say Cleveland is the favorite to win the AFC, and they will represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. I mean, that a, that's definitely a hot take. <laughs> I can tell you that much, Dennis. Uh, I but mean, got, I like see. you said, they got so much talent, man, and it's all up to Baker. And if Baker can put it together, I think they're one of the more talented teams in the AFC, and I could definitely see them here in L.A. representing yeah. the AFC in the Super Bowl. So. Uh, all right, let's move on. Denver at the New York Giants. This could be a really ugly one. Broncos, three-point favorites, actually, on the road. Who are you liking? Danny Dimes now has Galladay. We're still not sure exactly how much of a workload Saquon Barkley is going to have. But nonetheless, we see that the Giants have a plethora of playmakers at the skill positions. That's definitely uh, something that everybody's is aware of defense played pretty good last year james bradbury pro bowl corner the denver broncos have corbin sutton who's going to be coming back jerry judy a receiver the denver broncos by all accounts they're in a super bowl window assuming that they get a quarterback play teddy big bridgewater teddy bridgewater big and teddy bridgewater more of a game manager he's not a gunslinger right that's one of the Great. things that Vic fangio likes about him that's why he named him the starter over over drew lock because drew lock has more arm talent but drew lock is also very immature and he's very wildly inconsistent i think uh we both can agree on that i would go with the new york giants this week week one against the denver broncos game is going to be in new york I think that uh, the crowd is going to go ahead and help New York give them the edge. And then also Teddy Bridgewater being traded over to Denver. He's just got the starting job, has not really even been able to be. He has not had the number one starter reps fully, but for about two weeks now, he was in and out, flip-flopping every other day with Drew Locke. I think that it's going to take some time for them to get on the same page. And then also, like I said, Denver's going to have to lean on their run game. They're going to have to lean on the defense, things like that, because Teddy Bridgewater has always been more of a game manager type than somebody that's going to go out there and put up prolific numbers. I would go ahead and give the edge to New York Giants. All right. I'm going to go different on this one with you. I'm going to take the Broncos. Uh, I think it's going to be an ugly game, 13-10, 16-13, something like that. The Giants' offensive line, uh, from all accounts, is one of the worst in the NFL. If you can't protect the quarterback, you know, Danny Dimes or whatever you want to call him, I don't think he's going to have much of a chance. Finally, Stan, Raiders, Ravens, Monday night. Who are you picking? Oh, here we go. Huh. And I'm probably, I'm probably thinking with my heart on this one. I think you're gonna, I think you're gonna get an upset on Monday night. Uh, I don't know exactly the logistics, 
Don't ask me how. Don't ask me why. I think you're going to get. I think you're going to get an upset of Monday night just because Baltimore. Obviously, Lamar was able to get over the hump, getting his first playoff victory against the Tennessee Titans last year at, uh, I believe it's Nissan Field up there in Nashville, Tennessee. But this is why the Baltimore Ravens fear Gus Edwards suffered a season-ending torn ACL in Thursday's practice. Oh, my goodness. I just got that, so I want to go ahead and put that out there. So... Le'Veon Bell, they signed him to practice squad just the other day. Right. I think I think you're going to see him active on Monday night. I think you're going to see him active. And I think that if you're going to go and play the Baltimore Ravens, who lean heavily on the run with Lamar Jackson, everybody back there who's great, this would be the time to go ahead and get a victory against them because they seem like they're in a little bit of flux right now. Uh, we see how Dobbins, he tore his ACL just in the last preseason game. John Harbaugh took a lot of heat for that. Uh, You've had other injuries to the running back position. I think that if you're the Raiders, you can capitalize off of that. You can go ahead and take that to your advantage and then get a lead on Baltimore Ravens. Get a lead on them. And now Lamar Jackson is going to have to play from behind. And I think that that's when you will be able to go ahead and see Ngakwe. You'll be able to see Crosby go ahead and now start to affect the game in their intricate ways. And then you can start to see some success, but you have to go ahead and get a lead first because Baltimore is built to play with a lead and not from behind. Wow, that is devastating for the Ravens. First they lose J.K. Dobbins. Now they lose backup Gus Edwards. Um, I'm with you. I'm going to go with the Raiders in an upset Monday night. That place should be rocking. 24-21 Raiders. Just a gut feeling that I have. I'm kind of like you. So, And Dennis, I'm now seeing reports that reportedly Marcus Peters, three-time Pro Bowl cornerback, has also believed to have torn an ACL, which will put him out for the season as well. So Baltimore taking some big blows in practice today. Wait a minute, Stan. So they lost Marcus Peters and Gus Edwards, apparently, to knee injuries in one practice, in the same practice? According to reports, that's what I'm reading. And these are pretty credible sources, obviously. So... I would I'm I, I'm led to believe that these uh that these sources are pretty spot on, but nonetheless, even if it's not season ending, obviously it's an injury. So oh, I doubt they will be playing four days from now on Monday night football. Oh wow, that is just devastating news for the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, it is. And uh if there was a time to go ahead and try to capitalize on that and beat the Ravens, no better time than to go ahead and do that right now if you're the Las Vegas Raiders, because Obviously, you do not love to see people get injured. You don't want to see people have their livelihood, what they love to do, the ability to be able to feed their family and, pe- and things like that. You do not want to see that placed in jeopardy, but that is a part of the game. And you saw how last year the Kansas City Chiefs, they were missing both their tackles, and Tampa Bay made sure to capitalize off on, of that, and that's why they're Super Bowl champions. So nonetheless, when another team has certain injuries, as a competitor, I'm going to go ahead and do my best to capitalize on that because I'm trying to get the W. And if I had those injuries, you would be trying to capitalize off it. So it's unfortunate, but that is also part of the game. Let's see how it all plays out week one. Very excited. All right, real quickly, Stan, who do you guys got high school-wise this Friday night? Who are you playing? Friday night, we have Kincaid here in Houston, Texas. They are 2-0 right now, so it's going to be the battle of the undefeated. Got some pretty good players, pretty good offensive guys. They got a couple receivers that can get up and down the field. Got a quarterback that doesn't have the strongest arm, but he can get it there, and he's definitely going to go ahead and lean on his playmaker. So it's going to be a good game. Like I said before, I don't see any reason why we cannot win the game, 
But first and foremost, we got to start fast. We got to be able to go ahead and deliver whatever blow they're going to try to give us in the first quarter because we're playing at their stadium, not our home. And I think that as long as we just stick to our technique, as long as we're focused, as long as we do not get any mental errors, we do not get lackadaisical, anything of that, anything of that stretch, I do not see any reason why we can't come out victorious. And what college game are you calling this weekend? We have SMU versus University of North Texas. They call it the Battle of the Safeway Bowl. The old Pony Express. SMU, <laughs> where are you, Eric Dickerson? Yes. Hey, Good stuff. <laughs> hey man, great, uh, great edition of the podcast as always. Always, man. Love being on with you, Dennis. Can't wait to do it again next week. All right, Raider Nation, that's going to do it for another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast presented by BetOnline.ag. For my partner, Stanford Rout, I'm Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening, and may all your punts find the coffin corner. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.